Ladies and gentlemen, two fighters enter. One fighter leaves the Sammy, episode four, um, which is a very special episode because it is my co-host's birthday today. Happy birthday, you crusty old man. Yeah, thank you. It's the 25th anniversary of uh, the resurrection of Samuel Lewis Locasano uh, and dumb takes. (laughs) For your birthday, um, I decided to throw you a softball for our first topic, and I know that... You know, I've been trashing on your Clippers. I've been trashing on your Celtics. But you go ahead and open this up. I know there's something that you've been wanting to tell me about. This is the softball I've been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let our 25 listeners know that I'm not the only dumb one that's making these takes. So don't be saying, oh, you're picking Jason Tatum over Luka Doncic. Oh, you're picking Kawhi Leonard over LeBron. Well, America, the flying Hawaiian has picked Daniel Jones, or Dan- yeah, Danny Dimes, uh, over Kyler Murray. So America, do not be, that's all I have to say. That You know what's grinding my gears is that. <laughs> I'm not the only person that's making ridiculous takes here, okay? Grudge match, people. Don't. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's favoritism. You know what I think? I think this is the narrative, Julian. I think you've got more people rooting for you on your side than even our fantasy football draft. You mean to tell me Buddy the Elf can... Your quarterback is just using bow and arrows here. He's accurate, and he has arm strength. Yeah, well, yeah, so does Buddy Buddy the Elf. So does Buddy the Elf. You know what? And and you know what? In, in, In response to this... I'm going to double down on Daniel Jones. Oh! Double down. Oh, God. I'm going okay. to double down. It's not his fault. It's not okay. his fault. Okay. It, his oh, it's, it's not, not his fault. fault. So do you think the Giants will be tanking for Trevor Lawrence? Um, I don't think that they should. And in fact, Ooh. you know what? It has been recently proven that Kyler Murray is mortal. The Detroit Lions, led by Matt Patricia of all teams, proved that. So I think let's, you know... This, this is an interesting week for you to um, capitalize on that. I gave you the softball, but you know what? I'm going to double down today. Okay, you're done. Du- you know, I'll give you the double down, and I'll I'll even slack off a little bit on um, you keeping your take because I did that too with all of my other takes. So, and that's that's what you know being a sports uh, podcaster is all about, uh, Juju. You gotta you gotta keep your takes. I gotta keep my integrity. Unless it's, yeah, you got to keep your integrity. I agree with that 100%. So I don't blame you for keeping that. Um, but all those posts on Instagram story <laughs> talking about your kid, you know, where are you at, Sammy? Where are you at? You know what? I should be doing that. Where are you at, Juju? Because I know Daniel Jones is hiding. But you know what? Enough of that. We definitely would like to cover, uh, first of all, not only is it my birthday, but the best thing about my birthday is nine. You know, nine out of the ten years, it usually lands on a, you know, on playoff baseball, the first day of playoff baseball. Um, but we're now moving forward with the playoffs, which is exciting. Obviously, our undercards, it's not going to be what everyone talks about on the sport networks. I think we're going to be hitting a different 
side of uh, the playoff bracket. You know, um, we obviously know the Los Angeles Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series. That is not what we're going to be talking about. We are going to be talking about the bull crap, the biggest bull crap team in, you know what? Okay, we'll even treat this as a, a mini, mini bracket. Okay, I'm going to start off with the National League. You know what, Sammy? Go ahead. Um, my team, I have, I'm a really strong advocate of them being wildly overrated. So go ahead. They're, they're from the AL. Ooh. Go ahead, choose from the NL, um, and we'll pit your team against mine for... Oh, so I'm choosing the team from the NL. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me... All right. Uh, I am thoroughly looking. All right, and here we go. All right. Um... You know, the host always goes first in this case. So, Juju, you go first. So, the team that I'm advocating as the hidden bullcrap of the MLB playoffs in 2020, the rough, hidden in the diamonds, my New York Yankees. Oh! Start spreading the news. They're losing to. Uh, they're leaving today. <laughs> so, uh, I'm I'm going to compare them to everyone's favorite to win the World Series this year. The Dodgers have no real weaknesses. You know what I mean? All around the diamond, they they there's nothing wrong with the Dodgers. The Yankees are so very front loaded with talent and talent only in one spectrum of the game of baseball they can hit it out of the park but if you can't win a game on the mound you can't win a game there's a reason why the yankees ended the season so cold and almost ended the season even colder like before this current losing streak they had another even larger losing streak before a couple of like hot games when luke Mm -hmm. voigt went off um and that's not to say that they don't have talent and sexy names of talent like stanton judge sanchez and sanchez for whatever reason this season is like the odd man out which is stupid crazy like luke voigt has emerged uh lemay he was is definitely an mvp candidate but garrett cole has been peeing and pooping the bed for the last third of the season and making and a lot of money doing it. <laughs> making so much money. Like, I don't... There is a tradition of great Yankees pitchers. I'll take my hat off for this one. Garrett Cole looked like he was ascendant to the names of, like, CeCe and Clemens. No, keep going. I'm just adding and dramatic music. Go, go ahead. Add your dramatic music. And for whatever reason, he has been giving away homers like Halloween candy. Like, the only way that the Rays can beat you is via home run. And Garrett Cole served them home runs on silver platters. And behind Garrett Cole, we have nobody on the mound. Like, he has to pitch seven solid innings before a relief comes in, and there's nothing there. So if our boys go cold, which, you know, it's home runs, you're essentially, like, playing dice at that point. Yeah. You're essentially skydiving every time the Yankees take the field. There is 
no certainty in winning with these Yankees. And they are so one-dimensional this year that no matter how good they are in that one dimension, I don't think that they... I like Odds are long for me that they make it past Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm shocked you did not pick the Houston Astros. I hate them. I don't think that they're like overrated. <laughs> yeah, like, I think they, you know what? Yeah, because we did talk about the definition of overrated. Yeah, like they're um, a deserved sixth seed, sixth seed. I'm surprised about the Yankees because, honestly, I feel like my team in the National League is really going to... Who are you picking? Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Okay. The Give Atlanta Braves. Case. It's okay. an interesting oh. case. Uh, well, first of all, it's Atlanta. Um, I definitely think they, they always play great in the regular season. Yeah, I see them beating the Reds. But after that, I feel like it's just going to be Choke City. Obviously, the, they're going to beat they're gonna beat the Reds. Like, the Braves are the number two seed. But I think after that, once they start facing a legit good baseball team, like, I think they're going to play the Cubs. I think the Cubs are going to give it to them. I think they're going to show them, hey, stop talking about the Braves. They're not They're not even going to make it to the National League Championship. I think they are overrated. This, this is actually uh, – I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup between, like, bullcrap, like, false gold teams <laughs> because they have the exact same problems. They have very overpowering offenses in different ways. Um, and they struggle with – pitching but i feel like your yankees can bring it during the playoffs that's 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 the huge difference are we sure like we're all on we're all relatively unproven um up here in the bronx like we're all and it's not like we're young anymore it's been like four years since judge became like the judge and the rest of the yankees like that goes for them too like we're all reaching what should be all of our stars, like, physical primes, and it's not enough to make up for Garrett Cole. Like, what about Clark I, Schmidt for the Yankees? I mean, Clark Schmidt is, in this lineup, I think he's kind of a non-factor. All right, hey, Clark Schmidt, um, Alatuna alumni, uh, I, went to, I went to school with you, buddy. Same grade, same graduation oh, that's class. Why. That's, <laughs> why, that's, that's why. That's why. I love you, Clark. Clark You're hurting my man, Clark. <laughs> I mean, at I least I'm you, not Clark. trashing him like I am Garrett. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding with you. I wanted to give a quick shout. Hey, I love you, Clark. You know what, <laughs> Clark? Go ahead, take the mound ahead of Garrett Cole <laughs> because you have a better chance of getting us to the pennant and then to the World Series than Garrett Cole. I, I can't harp on Garrett Cole enough. He was done by, like, the fourth or fifth inning. He needs the beard. In That's several games. I think he needs a beard back, but honestly... But I trust Garrett Cole in the playoffs, though. That man puts up great stats in the playoffs. He did put up great stats in the playoffs. I don't trust him after this season. Are you Uh, kidding? You know what? Okay, well, but you know what? The Braves, uh, I I think uh, they're they're caught up in the Atlanta Falcons season uh, right now, too. They're they're probably going to put up some great numbers, their offense. But, I mean, I don't trust the Braves pitching at all. Like... I, you I think don't. So? And you know what? And I'm I'm probably gonna be getting some uh, threats after a- this because I'm from Atlanta. Um, you don't think you don't think Anderson can get hot at some point? Yeah, no. I don't know, man. It's, like it's small sample baseball. size, but he's looking great. <sighs> well, if they when they go up against the Cubs, they got the Cubs got David Ross as a coach. You know, Chris Bryant is finding his swing now. 
Um, you know, and Billy Hamilton. I mean, I just think that Cubs team is really going to put the Braves in its place. Okay, sure, but I'm talking about a team that won't make it past the first round. I think the Yankees will make it past the first round against the Indians. You think so? I know so. I mean, as a Yankees fan, I really hope that they do, and it's a good matchup for them. And as an impartial observer of their last, like, 30 or so games, I think that their pitching staff behind Garrett Cole is the perfect candidate to get the Cleveland Indians hot. Yeah, and I understand that. And I think the reason I'm disagreeing with your bullcrap team is because the Yankees are number five against the number four Indians. So, and the Braves are number two in the National League. So, against any other, you know, if it's not the Dodgers, I feel like they can lose to any of these teams. But even regarding their offensive power, the Yankees have so much stock in one area, whereas I feel like the Braves' model on the offensive side is just so much more sustainable and so much more stable than the Yankees. I think that I would honestly place my bet more solidly on the Braves. I think, I think, I think you are suffering from Atlanta Falcon syndrome. When you're crossing sports right now, like you're crossing streams from the Falcons to the Braves, and I'm sorry that it's happening. Well, I'm not even crossing that either, but it was even last year when the Braves were facing the Cardinals in the playoffs. They were just running around the diamond on the Braves in, in uh, what was it, Truist Park, where the Atlanta Braves are now? It used to be called SunTrust Park. Hey, pick one name and stick with it for the rest of the what does Duration. Park name have to do with it? And it also, I mean, you know, I'm tired of ballparks changing their names. Stick well, to one. Okay. This is why the listeners hate you, Sammy, because you bring in park names into overrated team discussion. And speaking of, if we're going into last year, Garrett Cole was on a hot streak last year. Where is he now? Like, I could, I could bring you, I could, I, I could, I could bring you like last year on last year on last year. If we're talking about last year. We're talking about this year, and I think that our listeners are going to go with me again and say that the Yankees are the king of the crap. All right, well, you know what? We'll let the—this is where I'm going to say—we'll let the the listeners vote. Who is the bigger crap team that we have chosen from? Is it the Yankees? Are they the most overrated team in this playoff series, or is it the Braves? I think it's the Atlanta Braves. I think— they're the crap. And I, and I always talk to my dad about this crap, too. He's like, hey, you can't be down on a team that's been doing good all season. And then um, afterwards, when he realizes he was dead wrong, he's like, ah, should have known. Should have known. Listen, listeners, I understand that it's Sammy's birthday. Baseball is his topic. He is an Atlanta homer and so feels the pain of their sports losses more. I'm than not an Atlanta people. homer. I even though um, I grew up in Atlanta, I'm not an Atlanta homer. So he's an Atlanta hater. Um, That's that more hates, like it. There we go. Uh, that hates on Atlanta teams. And granted, he's right. Matty Ice, the Falcons can't seem to hold on to a lead like it had handles, and the Hawks aren't a team anymore like most likely but i think that 
you will agree with me, listeners, that the Yankees, my venerated New York Yankees, with their reputation and their sexy, sexy talent and their sexy, sexy, sexy pinstripe jerseys are the kings of crap in this MLB postseason. Uh, well, I, if there's one good thing that's coming out of Atlanta, I do want to thank uh, Calvin Ridley for putting up mega points in my fantasy league. You're, you're making me good money right now. Um, and with that being said, listeners, take a vote. I mean, the cream of the crap is the Atlanta Braves. Okay, we have calmed down. I have released all of my uh, poisonous feelings about this year's iteration of the New York Yankees. Sammy has unleashed all of his hatred for Atlanta sports. And now we can talk about something that really entertains us. The ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, the creme de la creme of sports filmmaking. What, um, how does that theme go in the beginning? <laughs> we don't own copyright on this. <laughs> <laughs> 30 for 30. Brought to you by... Um, what is it brought to you by? <laughs> we don't have any sponsors. Um, so, uh, 30 for 30, for those of you that don't know, is a series of ESPN-sponsored and uh, depicted sports documentaries on untold or wildly interesting sports stories. Uh, highlights, what do we got? Um, the story of Allen Iverson is one that's one of my favorites. Uh, what is uh, it called? Um, no Crossover? Yes, No Crossover. Yes. Fascinating. Yes, and it's not even about... The 30 for 30 stories in general is not, it's not about things that we know about or that we mm-hmm. think like, oh, we. Yeah, I'm surprised no one's came out of a documentary about you know the story of... Derek Jeter or the story of um, Michael Jordan you know, it, it hits some of the most interesting stories ever like you know you would think uh, the Allen Iverson no crossover is about Allen Iverson's whole career which is not so for this next segment I think um, it's interesting to dig into um, underrated and overlooked stories that would make great 30 for 30 documentaries um, Sammy, go, go, go ahead. What, 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 what stories have you dug up? So one of the stories I've actually dug up that I'm surprised it has not been a 30 for 30 yet. We talked about it for like a half second, um, in our very first episode, mm-hmm. uh, the malice at the palace incident. Oh, bring in all those players, all the, bring in the coaches, bring in the officials, Bring in those commentators that were sitting in those seat in the very front where Ron Artest he they were he was just laying down right in front of those commentators, and you know even bring in the guy that threw the beer in on that documentary, because uh, I know him and uh, Meta are actually good friends now. They've done a lot of charity events with each other. Mm-hmm. I I think considering what happened in that incident. Uh, this is kind of a not that big of a deal, but I think they ban alcohol in the last quarter of NBA basketball games. Like they close, you know, no more alcohol after that event. And Ron Artest, with that, he was suspended for the whole freaking season. Imagine what could have been, but that incident was so big. I think that really needs to be a thirty for thirty. That's a untold people. People forget about that event. Uh, even for. Uh... 
what was it? To credit you in our, in episode one when we were talking about uh, Dennis Rodman versus Ron Artest, and I used the malice at the palace um, as evidence for like my argument for Ron Artest as like just a physical fighter and like a crazy person. Yeah, I don't think that a lot of people remember that or even give it the credit that it deserves. It was a scary thing to watch on television. Like, Absolutely. a scary thing. Um, yeah. So, I, I like that. That's 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 an underrated story. It's a, it's a jaw-dropping event, too, if you were watching it live. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was just something people could not stop talking about that whole week. Yes. The whole week. And I know that ESPN, uh, like Stephen A. Smith was one of them. I forgot who a couple of other, con- you, know, and now, you know, sports announcers people were. But after seeing that event... They really ragged the fans of Detroit's in that. And I think the president of ESPN or something like that came out and said, like, they should have not ragged the fans. Like, they should have not. So, no matter who was talking about this event, somebody was getting not punished, but, like, ragged on. Like, you know, how dare they? Or Joe Dumars, he was an executive for the Pistons. He was saying, I think it's trouble on both sides. I think it really should be a good topic to discuss about. It's definitely one of those where were you moments in sports. I I do have one more that I would like to add. Um, Go ahead. I think this is such a good one for anyone that's a golf fan. Um, I think this would be a good 30 for 30, like, docuseries. What is it? DeChambeau's, like, weight, like, chronicles? It's, yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> I mean, well... How about freaking Tiger Woods? What era of Tiger Woods would you focus on? Uh, I would. I mean, with this docu series, it would be a three. It would be a three part series. The first part would be how he, uh, like, a quick origin of him coming into golf. And I know anything and everything about Tiger Woods. I'm such a big Tiger Woods nerd. I'm wearing a Tiger Woods hat right now. My dad always told me growing up, you know, there's always two golfers you want to bet on, the favorite and Tiger Woods. And if he is the favorite, double down. I think the the fascinating thing about Tiger Woods, outside of like his childhood, which is really cool if you look back into it, yeah. mm-hmm. up until all of the scandal and his injury gap, that just so happened to coincide together, which was really tragic in a sense, in a way. Yeah. Um, there was almost nothing to tell except for the excellence. But now, post-scandal, now that he's on his way back, it actually, for me, makes me look back at those times and makes me want to dig into what went on behind the scenes more. That's that's what I was trying to say. So, like, in the first of it, you see a quick origins um, – in that first episode, you see him, and the bigger part of it, revolutionize the game of golf, you know, being an African-American, and people kind of, like, judging him right off the bat. But this man really made you – know, he made himself so good that he – people didn't look at him as a black golfer. They looked at him as a legit threat. And this guy was not one of those, at, you know, golfers that was like, oh, I'm just going to – I'm going to be up by a couple strokes and then, you know – yeah, in, take it easy. He wanted to ram it down your throat. In in his heyday, at his prime, th- there has never been a period of time 
where there has been such a large gap between number one and number two in a sport as there has been between Tiger Woods and I guess Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil Mickelson was, uh, you know, I was thinking before Tiger, uh, John Daly. But then, John like, da- but the fact that there was like a dis- there's not even really a discussion for number two, like it was yeah. Tiger Woods and the field, like yeah. there is there is a he he he, Michael Jordan. In their eras, are in a class of their own in regards to there being no debate who the best player in the world is, and everyone else is just vying for a second. Maybe like yeah. LeBron in in uh, Miami, and then like the beginning of his second Cleveland stint. Yeah, but you can't even no, Tiger Woods. It's the first like if you don't even know what golf is, you're immediately thinking Tiger Woods. Exactly, and that's where we come in with the second part. Part two would be the scandals. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! The scandals, the stories, the cr- it's it's just a it's tra it's a tragic to see to, to like to come off of the high of that like injury riddled win. Like it, it's almost s- sadly nostalgically iconic because as soon as that happened, maybe a year later, the floodgates opened. Like yeah. things that you marveled at like it was crazy to even think about like all of this was going on like think all of that was probably going on already yeah and the 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 sponsors drop him everyone drops him like a bad habit and he goes publicly apologizing and this wasn't just him cheating on his wife he was no. on he was on a spree yep a spree of yep. cheating and i feel like that whole that one hour Part two can cover so much. And, part, and that's where I'm leading into part three is honestly the comeback. of He was come back a little slowly and then finally ending with that Masters victory in 2019. That will be hands down. I've never rooted for any other athlete in mm-hmm. my entire life. I mm-hmm. rooted for Tiger Woods more than Tom Brady did. I'm about to tear up because watching that, was magical it was that day everyone was you know whether you know this country is split into two pieces i felt like that sunday that very sunday on the masters we were all rooting for the same thing yep and that's tiger effing woods yep and it took so long it was (sighs) painful to see um him work his way back (sighs) that that moment him winning that master i was i was rooting so bad that was the only day i ever hoped like the winner of that master or the guy that was leading that sunday i was like i hope he gets hit by a golf cart right now (laughs) going into the third hole and i was just yelling at that tv i remember i was late to work that day and a manager had to talk to me i'm like sorry i was witnessing history and like oh really what were you i'm like tiger woods winning um and i felt like that was a moment for the people that never watched tiger woods win so clutch you know come back and win in great fashion they got that one glimpse if you never got to see him before you got that one glimpse on that sunday that is one of the greatest comeback stories ever in sports in my mind it was the ultimate turning back the clock moment yeah um and that's like it all told i don't know if 
that one, like in a vacuum, I don't know if that Masters win will be remembered, but because of the context, because of everything that happened, it is the perfect end if nothing else happens. Are you talking about the one that Tiger won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that I will. I coming from a golf fan, that will be remembered. Yeah. that will never, ever be forgotten. Yeah. So enough about my. What about you? What? <laughs> so, um, going into uh, combative sports rivalries, uh, there were a couple of surprises. I was surprised that uh, the North Carolina Duke college basketball rivalry hasn't been discussed in a thirty for thirty yet, but it's well documented. The Illuminati-like nature of the Manning family coming from nothing. Like, Archie Ooh. Manning has, like, I think as a quarterback, I read somewhere that he has, like, the worst winning percentage of any starting quarterback with over 100 starts. And how, and how he birthed, like, three or four um, Super Bowl MVPs. <laughs> like, mm. how, how did he that has, happen? Yeah, he, he won, he won two, uh, yeah, he won two Super Bowls. He's yeah. been to four, so he, he's like five hundred. So yeah, so uh, bravo, I, I, I guess. Um, one of the I just stories, don't see the hype in him. <laughs> one of the stories that I wanted to go over was the beginning of Manny Pacquiao, um, Ooh. because he started from a very crazy place. Um, but the story that I want to go over, that I want to discuss, that's always going to have relevance now, will be the story of Bill Russell's relationship with the Boston Celtics. Oh, man, I love that story. Um, it's so fascinating. In my mind, Bill Russell is the greatest Celtic to have ever lived. Um, I can give you that. Yeah, I like, won't argue that. I, I think mechanically as a player, he obviously had his faults. But if you look at old highlights of Bill Russell, you see him like going coast to coast on fast breaks, dunking over people. His game looks modern. Um. Uh, greatest player coach of all time um two handfuls literally two plus handfuls of rings and for whatever reason i don't see his jersey with uh larry birds or the paul pierce's or the kevin garnett's and there's a reason for that um his career was fascinating and it's one that I think is uh, overshadowed by his accomplishments. When you have the finals MVP trophy named after you, things are going to fall by the wayside, but these are major things. When, when you think of the sports world in the 60s, it's dominated by the civil rights movement. You have your Jim Brownses, you have um, Muhammad Ali's, you have your Kareem's, but it's never ever talked about how big a part bill russell played in uh in 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 the sports world back then yeah not just his rivalry with wilt chamberlain but the fact that he of those two was the person to stand up and speak most of all um when, and when, where he played and where he played. let's be honest boston is a very it's a predominantly white city and as worshipped as he was by basketball nerds his relationship with the fans in boston and fans in the nba in general was so sour uh what was yeah. he what was he quoted as saying um you owe the public the same it owes you nothing 
I refuse to smile and be nice to the kitties. Clutch. Um, we say that now, but back then, he was viewed as egotistical, paranoid, hypocritical. Uh, how easy it is for that for those kinds of sentiments and those kinds of stories to get lost amidst the greatness of a player that you know is still alive today. Um, people thought he was actually dead during th- the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so even even like down to the government agencies, the FBI maintained a file on Bill Russell, citing him in very racist and bigoted terms that does not behoove you know a national government body. Uh, do you 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 listen to Bill Simmons's book of basketball podcast, right? Oh yeah, um, you nicknamed me Bill Simmons Jr. Exactly. So you <laughs> you remember that episode where he talked to Bill Russell? Yes. And to I this that. day, Bill Russell does not associate with fans, and it takes a long time to get past his thick skin. He refused to attend the retirement of his jersey. Uh, I thought he was there. He just didn't want. He didn't have any fans there. No, he refused to attend his jersey retirement. And he refused to attend his induction into the Hall of Fame. That is how staunch he was in the belief that his paychecks came and his legacy came from an institution that didn't respect him. And I think, especially in 2020, it's important to remind the world that athletes have always had a platform and that athletes using that platform to speak out against injustice and bigger issues isn't a new concept um and that athletes get forgotten and disrespected going back decades um so i think that's a that's a top that's a topical and heart-wrenching story um to be told um that hasn't been I think they should hit that soon. They've been making a lot recently during this quarantine, which is good. What's what's what, what's your 30 for 30 that you're going with? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the um, – I don't think it's been long enough to do a Tiger Woods one yet, so I'm going to do the Malice of the Palace. You're doing the Malice of the Palace. All right. Yeah. So I like that I like that idea for Tiger. Um, personally, I think that the Bill Russell story is a little bit more interesting than the Malice at the Palace. You know what? We'll let the listeners vote. Okay, the NBA Finals are here. Oof. Sammy and I have done a lot of fighting um, over the past few episodes uh, in regards to basketball topics. Um, And I think this might be the one where I start to lose my cool a little bit. Today's title fight is LeBron versus Giannis. Who is the true MVP for 2019 and 2020? Uh, I really don't know why this is a... I I really want to hear you. I really want to hear you because you know my thoughts on this. No, I don't know your thoughts on this. Oh, you really don't? No, I, I... I've been very opinionated on social media about this. I have... You, you, you have started every segment so far. I really want you to start this segment. You know what? I think the fight's starting a little earlier than expected with you flying Hawaiian. Because here's the thing. 
I don't know why I should have to explain myself on why Giannis should have won MVP. Why, why do I have to give an example on it? Because, why? Because he had the better season than LeBron, than LeBron did? Because if you take him off the Milwaukee Bucks, they, you know, teams are not afraid of them anymore. And when you take LeBron off the Lakers, teams are still afraid because he has Anthony Davis there. Be- because, oh, he, you know, LeBron broke a, a, you know, the assist record or whatever. No, stop the madness. I'm sorry, LeBron. You, LeBron, you are the greatest player in the league right now. But that does not mean you had the better season than Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak from Milwaukee. And I do not want to hear this crap, Juju, on, oh, well, if, you know, hey, LeBron played amazing for his age. If if that was the case, I, why is Tom Brady not in the discussion for MVP every year? He's playing great for a 43-year-old. Let me hear. And also, and LeBron saying, oh, it's the narrative. Really, LeBron? Because the narrative is, I've heard a lot of people on ESPN say, you know what? I Even though LeBron's stats aren't as nice as Giannis, I'm giving it to LeBron because of the narrative. People have said that on ESPN. People have said that everywhere. Your king didn't win. Boo freaking who. It's called regular season MVP, America. Regular season Fight me. I'm going to start here. Please do. What does MVP stand for? Oh, easy. Most valuable player. Which is what Giannis Antetokounmpo was. Pause. Take LeBron out of the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, I would love to. What do they become? They become the New Orleans Pelicans. Minus Boogie. Look at that roster. Look at that roster, and you tell me. Let's let's not let's not take away Anthony Davis's talent, and let's not take away their chemistry together. But what has Anthony Davis done in New Orleans with that roster in the West? Nothing. Look at what he does now with LeBron. All of his numbers are up. All of his efficiency is up because of LeBron James. There was no big um there was no big change in coaching. Now, turn around and look at the Bucks. Look at the Bucks with Mike Budenholzer without Giannis. They are a 500 team without him. They their lone win against the Heat came after he got injured and left and with Mike Budenholzer, these Bucks without Giannis become like the 2015, 2016, 2014, 2015 Atlanta Hawks. I hope you're not taking away. I hope you're not bringing in playoffs into this because we're not talking about playoffs. I'm not. But it should be evidenced that the value, the value, you know, the V in MVP, there are examples to point to in these playoffs. And I want this being said too. Sammy went on the record when we were messaging, talking about today's episode, that LeBron James wasn't even the best player on his own team. That you dang right, I said is that. Bullcrap. That is bullcrap. Do do you know where these Los Angeles Lakers would be without him? 
We got a picture of where they were without him. Out of the playoff picture. That was last year. Where are these Los Angeles Lakers? Where is this roster with this caliber of coaching? Who was Plus on Anthony Davis. Year? LeBron James. LeBron James was on that team last year. Anthony no, Davis was he, not. He was injured. When he got injured, when he got injured, the Lakers, and this wasn't a, like an insignificant chunk of the season when he got injured. The Los Angeles Lakers were the fourth seed in the West with him. And without him, they were gone. Now, you sub in Anthony Davis with that same roster, they were an eighth seed. With all of this amazing talent that you say that he has, which he does, you are still sticking with the notion that overwhelming talent eclipses talent that elevates other people. Kareem did nothing, won one championship with Oscar, and then five more with Magic Johnson. They needed someone to elevate their ceiling and elevate their floor. Anthony Davis needed that. That is value. No. Giannis does not do that for his team. There is a way to stop Giannis. There is no way to stop or wall LeBron James. That is value. And if we're going by uh, 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 stats over narrative, maybe then I could kind of understand this being like a weak MVP year for Giannis. No, you should understand. Like in the vein of Russell Westbrook triple doubling oh, his way to MVP status. But this type of season has been seen before. Shaq only has one MVP, and he got 2004 stolen from him by Steve Nash. Or 2005, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't keep track of the years anymore. But that is evidence for, a, for the value of a player being seen in the win totals and advanced stats of their teams. Those Phoenix Sun teams did not run without Steve Nash. And this Lakers team does not function the same without LeBron on the court. These Milwaukee Bucks, however, while different, can function without Giannis because they have a dual threat center. They have another all-star guard that did play well without Giannis in the playoffs and in those regular season games that he missed. They also have several promising... And all of this is evidence to how well Coach Budenholzer develops his players and develops his talent and coaches his talent to success. Vogel does not do the same without LeBron. Last time, I, I mean, I look at the MVP from a, obviously, a statistical point of view. I'm not looking at the, oh, look at the value he brings out Anthony David. No, it's all about what you do as a player in the stat line. How dare you, Julian? So then, so then, by that argument, LeBron should have five MVPs and should have won you. over Derrick Rose. This is a tragic juju. I feel like we are literally about to throw punches midair against each other right now because Giannis put up a phenomenal season. Now, I will say this. That defensive player of the year thing could have gone to AD. If it did go to AD, I wouldn't have been upset about it. But MVP, Giannis had the better season than LeBron James this year. Regular season. Not true. That is true. His regular season is owed not just to him. I, I, I will give him getting voted like second in MVP. I will give him second. 
But don't pretend that there were sportscasters out there that are equally downplaying LeBron. There are none out there that are downplaying Giannis' season. There is a narrative of hatred and fatigue oh, towards God. the king that I will not stand for anymore. No, 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 no. James Harden did not deserve his MVP. Russell Westbrook did not deserve his MVP. Nope, 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 nope. Because look what happens to teams when LeBron leaves. They are done. Look what happened to the Bucks those few games that, 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 that Giannis left for. They were fine. They were the Bucks without Giannis are a playoff team in the East. The Lakers without LeBron and with AD barely sniffed the eighth seed in the West. Book it. Stats don't lie. Val you. And that is a function of coaching and system. Giannis is an MVP in the vein of a very skilled Dwight Howard in Orlando that twenty that 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 that, that, that twenty ten year. In that there is an entire system constructed around him. Yes, he is valuable to that system. However, his value does not eclipse the system itself. The Bucks can still run their offense without him. In fact. It has been shown that they have more ways of attacking you without him there. He led, I'm not even saying, he led Milwaukee to the number one seed. Obviously, I know LeBron did that with the Lakers too. But he led his team in majority, almost all of the stats on his team, Giannis did. That's cute. No, that's the fact. That is a st- stats don't lie. That same argument. No, look, AD led more stats and than LeBron did. Season. Are you really? Are you really taking the assist? Are you really the uh, the assist thing? Yes, I am. If you can't shoot, then you better be good at passing the ball. And guess who's not nearly as good a playmaker as LeBron James? Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't have to say anything else. Yeah, I don't have to say anything else either because obviously Giannis. He had the better season. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, America. Like, but sorry, your king didn't win MVP. Like, boo, boo for you. You're making like a Bernard King argument in the 70s for like. No, I'm not. LeBron is obviously the better player, but he did not have a better season than Giannis did. He's the better player, and his season was at the. You cannot give a. You cannot give the guy an MVP for just being. Oh, he's the greatest player of all time. No, you can't just. Oh, hey, here's an MVP already. No, the stats. You got to put up the stats to get that title. Yes, and he did. His stats, while not quite as high as Giannis, are certainly comparable. And he smokes him in assists enough to make up for the small deficit. Yeah, tell that to the 100 people that voted for Giannis and the 16 that picked for LeBron. Which is insulting. Oh. At the very least, it is insulting that the voting was this overwhelming for Giannis. People are salty that... LeBron didn't uh, come to L.A. for championships. He came to, like, make his movies and all that. Bo- that was a narrative. And they have been proven wrong, the journalists that circulated that around last year. Continuing into this year, when they were preaching, like, oh, there's a new king in the NBA. And they have been proven wrong. They are salty. And finally, someone has the gall to post better per game numbers and LeBron everything about their seasons is comparable everything about their seasons statistically is comparable 
So the idea that Giannis outvoted LeBron 100 to 16, you have to agree at the very least is laughable. The like the disparity between the two. I agree with that to a certain extent, only because, only because, not because of, I thought a lot of people were going to be playing the LeBron narrative card that he was going to, I honestly did think LeBron was going to win, not because of everything you're saying, just because, two words, poor LeBron. What do you mean poor LeBron? I feel like because they, the whole Last Dance documentary came out, the LeBron fans are really trying to escalate I'm not, him to be better than him. I haven't even brought up the last dance or his age. I'm not talking about you, you big doof. I'm talking about other people with narratives. My, my narrative for LeBron is this. 27, 8, and 8 is boring. And when, when someone has overwhelming point scoring... And rebounds. I'm I'm hoping that he would have a lot of rebounds, by the way. He's their best big man by far. But to have someone playing on the perimeter, being trusted with the full share of an offense, and bringing that burden upon himself for the first time in his career, and still managing to not have a dip, but an increase. He went from being the best small forward wing in the NBA to being its best point guard in one season. That's my narrative. Giannis, we are like if we're like, and I think that there's a boring there, there's there's a twenty seven seven and four and seven is boring. There, there is nothing boring to me about sustained excellence. And if we're talking about stats, they are comparable in every single way. You know what? I'm tired of this discussion with you because I know I'm right and you're wrong. But let's let the listeners vote. I think we obviously. We're not seeing eye-to-eye, no pun intended. But I really do think Giannis had the better regular season. Miami called him up, said, Giannis, where are you at? Giannis said, I don't know. You know what? I told you. We're not talking about the dang playoffs. I'm not talking about the dang playoffs being a— Yes, you are! I'm not talking about it being being a factor in the voting— but there is evidence to show that Giannis doesn't have the value that LeBron has. And it's being proven now. The voters got it wrong. And, and Giannis you, and, looks hey, awfully stupid. Listeners, Ex- it's called the regular season MVP. And, it is not called the playoff MVP. And I'm saying that I, and all of my arguments have been towards the regular season. But I will say this at, to finish. Giannis is going to look mighty stupid accepting that award via mail. He's going to look real stupid accepting that award via mail. How much postage do you think they're going to have to pay for that they're going to take out of his uh, contract, out of his check? Huh? Like, he's going to get Amazon Prime on that MVP. Yeah, it's funny now because he's sitting home. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sticking to regular season stuff. I'm not even going to, have to say. come into. Yeah, well, remember, America, it's called the regular season MVP. Um, Bill Simmons in his book, uh, The Book of Basketball, uh, does talk about they should invent a playoff MVP. Do you agree with that? They should have the MVP encompass a regular season and the playoffs. I will say this. However, while Giannis has more rebounds, more points, LeBron is comparable in both, and he answers Giannis's rebounds with assists. 
shooting kicks his ass. Let your let let your let your let your MVP, your most valuable player, shoot more than like two threes a game before voting him over the other number one seeded MVP that does literally everything. What does LeBron not do on the court? What does he not do? And don't you dare say defend. He kicked ass this season. Uh, you know it. <laughs> you know it. You know it. So did so did Giannis, and um, Giannis won defense. I know what Giannis year, doesn't do, though. I know, I know, I know. But we are obviously talking about LeBron. I just feel like, from what I've seen in the regular season, I was very impressed with Anthony Davis. I was because we see LeBron. I just don't feel like, and it's not. It has nothing to do with the narrative. I'm, I've literally, I'm looking at the stat line because this was a big argument between you know Giannis and LeBron. I looked at it. I'm like, I genuinely think Giannis had the better regular season than LeBron did. That's not saying LeBron had a bad season. I'm not saying he did bad at all during the regular season. He played great. He played awesome. Giannis just had the better regular season. One of these players brings value in literally every aspect of the game. And the other one detracts in a not insignificant part of the game. So I'm going to pick for my most, it's not best statistics, it's most valuable player. I know, and the most valuable player. I'm telling you, you take LeBron James off the freaking Lakers. I swear to God, they are not as bad as you're saying they are. AD will still take them. Look at their personnel. AD is a freaking monster. Look at their personnel. Look, yeah, AD was a monster in New Orleans with a better roster than what he had in the Lakers without LeBron. Where did he take them, Samuel? Where did he take them? I still think he didn't take the them Lakers, anywhere. If you take if you take AD off of the Lakers, the Lakers bench players or whatever are better than the people that he had in New Orleans. That's not true. Name one Lakers player outside of LeBron and AD that is better than Drew Holiday. Alex Caruso. <laughs> and then the fourth best would be an older Rondo versus a younger Rondo. What are we even talking about here? Don't be dissing my my boy Rondo like that. I. You know what? We're 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 never gonna see we're never we're never gonna see eye to eye on this. Giannis is the MVP. Congratulations to my boy Giannis for bringing home another MVP title. You definitely deserved it. Congratulations. But you know what, listeners? We'll let you vote. We'll let you decide on who the most valuable player is, which, I mean, I think we all know it's the Greek freak. <laughs>